Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier NFT art podcast. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating amazing art. We're excited to help you in your collecting journey. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Today is Friday, September 16th. I am Aston Cloud. I go by P. I'm joined by my co-host, Jared, who goes by JPaws on Discord. How are you doing today, Jared? Doing well, man. Uh, like I told you earlier, I'm recovering from a little bit of a 12-hour you know, migraine, but other than that, three cups of coffee, and I'm highly caffeinated and ready to go, man. Awesome. Awesome. We got, we got a big day today. So for everybody listening, this is our first episode of what we are calling Cornering the Market. The plan is every Friday or every Friday that we can, we're just going to give an update on real-time stuff happening in the NFT art world. And of course, we'll talk about big events that come up uh, just in the broader crypto world in general, as those all influence the NFT art world. But as our listeners know, and if you haven't listened to us before, you'll know very soon, we are big generative art fans. So we tend to focus there and there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. Let's let's go ahead and dive in with the first one. We'll just have a few topics and you all can just hear Jared and I riff on them. This is how we talk all the time, but we wanted to record it, share it. Hopefully it's valuable to you all. What's the first topic that you had in mind? The, the one top of mind for me is really the, um, the bright moment stuff in, in Mexico City. I think that you know there's a, a lot of anticipation for this uh, really star-studded lineup in my opinion. And then the mint passes and packs were just released today or auctioned off with that. Uh, with that. So, you know, the, the floor, so to speak, has been put in and it's, uh, you know, off to the races right now. I, I think it's an exciting time. I would say, uh, I, I know my particular ones of interest uh, are, where do you feel for, for how this thing's going? Before diving into that, Jared, I'm just going to give some context for some folks about Bright Moments. And one thing I forgot to say at the top of the episode, uh, if you enjoy this episode, please let us know. This is our first time doing this. And uh, please like and subscribe and comment. And in general, uh, we just want to hear from you because we want to know if this is useful for you and you enjoy this. And before I completely answer your question, Jared, about which artists at the Bright Moments Mexico City that I'm interested in, I'm just going to give a little bit of quick context. And we'll have uh, everything we talk about will be linked in the show notes. And the other thing I should mention is that this is meant to be audio only. And so, you know, if you're at the gym, if you're driving, whatever, there's no deck of gallery. Uh, we will put up the audio on YouTube, but it's meant to be audio only. Okay. So all that other way, Bright Moments. So Actually, Jared, do you want to describe Bright Moments a little bit, just for people who haven't, uh, who are maybe not as familiar with it, their, let's call it their general format? Yeah, the general format, and please feel free to input uh, any color along the way as you, you see fit, because I'm, I'm by no means a, an expert. But the Bright Moments, uh, they release a basically a pass that allows you to mint one of their crypto citizens. And in the process, that gives you uh, the entitlement to by a and bid on a mint pass that occurred today where there was a, a Dutch auction and the mint passes were minted out you are then the mint passes are anonymous and there's let's just call it let me back you up real fast jared sorry to interrupt you so super high level bright moments is a company that focuses on the in real life minting experience but everything is minted with an NFT and they focus on 
NFT art. And it's primarily been generative art from what I can tell. And what they have done is they created this series where they go to 10 different cities and they've been in London, they were in Venice Beach, they've been in New York, they've been in Berlin. And I believe this is the fifth one, which is Mexico City. And for each of these events, there are 10 artists and each of those artists has a collection of 100. And like I said, I believe they're all generative. From what I've seen, they've all been long form generative art. Um, Perhaps that's not a set rule, but that's what I believe it is. The next one coming up is Bright Moments Mexico City. This has been really hyped because some of the prior ones were, you know, there was some excellent work. There's some really top notch artists. Matt Delorier had a project called Folio, which was, I believe, in London. Emily Shia had a project. And Tyler Hobbs' Incomplete Control was actually a Bright Moments project that was in December in New York. Incomplete Control's floor is like well over 100 Ether. These projects can are at the moment showcasing the top generative artists. And on top of that, these projects are also... Uh, very small. There's a collection size of 100 in all of these. And so some of them have come out really nice and been really, really sought after. So Bright Moments Mexico City is November 14th through the 21st. And I'm just going to read the lineup, then I'll throw it back to you, Jared, to explain some of the mechanics around collecting it. Um, Sorry to back you up. I know you're diving in because there's a lot of nuance there, but I just wanted to set the stage a little bit uh, for people who, who are uh, 10 steps behind in the sense that there, there's a lot to catch up with with Bright Moments. Really quickly, I'm going to read off the artist names who are going to be in Bright Moments, Mexico City. There's Ana Lucia, Daniel Calderon Arenas, who is a Snowfro's brother, if I recall correctly. Uh, Iskra V, I, I would say her name incorrectly, um, who is goes by Pointline on Twitter. Uh, Marcelo Soria Rodriguez, Monica Rizzoli, Pixel Fool, Snowfro himself. So this is his first collection that he's doing since Squiggles, which is a big deal. Stefano Contiero, who's another Artblocks curated artist. William Mapon, who's done Anticyclone and a few others. Zach Lieberman, also well-known generative artist, has a lot of stuff on FX Hash as well. And and the special thing that they're doing this time is there's a local artist named Juan Rodriguez Garcia, who everybody who mints any of the thousand from the artists I mentioned before, uh, Juan, they will get also a piece of Juan's, a generative piece of his. So star stacked, uh, star studded lineup, lots of great artists there. So as you can imagine, this is a very popular thing, um, but there's a very confusing minting mechanic going on. And so I'll, I'll throw it back to you, Jared, if you want to explain, like, what is a crypto citizen? And uh, to the extent you remember, we can talk to people about, you know, you have these crypto citizens and then you get these mint passes and then they're unrevealed and then they're ID'd, but not yet revealed. And then they're finally going to be revealed. So let me throw it back over to you for, for that part you already started. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the, the process, right? That you get these mint passes that will then reveal a, an artist number. And at a certain point, I forget the exact date, but the artist will actually be identified to the particular number. You know, whether it ends up being the exact layout that's you know published on the bright moment screen for Mexico City or, or some randomized version, you know, people will speculate. But you know, it's a little bit of like this crazy ongoing guessing game for 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 getting involved in. Um, yeah, so did a phenomenal job setting it up. Like. It's it's just a, a continual outline of I'll say guessing into the artist is officially revealed. At which point I think the the speculation is somewhat gambling on the artist number until it's revealed, and then you're going to have a a flood into the known artists or the the artists that each individual wants to to target. 
Yeah, that's right. So in the past, what they would do is they would have these auctions for these mint passes. And for example, when Tyler Hobbs did incomplete complete control, everybody knew that it was Tyler Hobbs doing incomplete control and you were buying that mint pass. What's interesting is that a lot of these are, in fact, all of these are pretty much unrevealed. Like you don't know what the art will look like. You won't, you don't see the first output. You can't look at test outputs. And the artists tend to drip things out over time on Twitter and whatnot leading up to it, but it's not a formalized thing the way it is on Artblocks or other platforms. And what they've started doing is they're they're kind of gamifying it for collectors. So in the last one, what happened is they they have their general auction and, and we can go into sort of some of the rules around that auction, which just happened today. That's why it's on the mind for Mexico City. But in the past, when they did these auctions for the mint passes, so, so you buy this NFT that's called a mint pass, and that mint pass is assigned to one of these artists, and then you have the right to mint it. You can mint in person, which is ideal because they create this really awesome in-person experience, or you can mint remotely. They give you that option as well. And in London, the last one that happened is you could go and buy a mint pass for Matt Delorier or for Emily Shia or for whoever you wanted, whichever one of the artists you wanted to buy. And so, of course, those mint passes traded at different prices based on the popularity of the artist and sort of the expected value of that actual NFT. This time, they want people to, they're gamifying it so that you don't actually know who the artist is until very soon. I think they said in mid-October, they'll release who the artist is. So about a month before the actual event. And so they've released all these mint passes, but right now you have no idea who whose mint pass you have. And uh, again, we'll get into how you actually could have gotten your hands on one of those uh, beforehand. And what they're going to do is in the next phase, it sounds like, I don't know when exactly, maybe in the next week, they're going to assign numbers to each of those mint passes, one through 10. So now you'll know which mint passes are distinct, but you won't know which artist is number one. Is it Snowfro? You won't know if number five is Mapan. You have no idea. And they'll reveal that in mid-October. And the way, when I say they're gamifying it, they are wanting people to try to collect all of them, to collect the whole set. Now, of course, some of these works are going to go for a lot. Like, what, what do you think the Snowfur one will go for? I don't know. Honestly, I I hate to guess, but I really think it's going to be in the 10 to 20. I know that's a pretty wide range. Yeah, I actually think it'll some be Some people higher. are speculating more. Yeah, some people are thinking more. I just, I think 10 is a steal because it's basically a squiggle. 20 is like double the floor that feels real to me. I just, I think, look, I think it could be more, but given the the state of the market, I mean, put it for context, I think the incomplete control is minted out around 30 ETH yes. for Hobbs. So, I mean, so I think that, I don't think it's unrealistic to get there. I'm just, maybe, maybe this is my, my optimism of hoping to get in. I'm not a buyer at 30, but you know, somewhere between 10 and 20, I am. Yeah. You know, with the incomplete control, the other thing that people said is that it was expected to be higher, but come the time of the actual mint, it was lower than they thought. So maybe people, when people are talking about it ahead of time, it was expected to be around 50 either. Did you hear anything like that? I haven't. I didn't really follow the project, uh, honestly, nor have I gone back. I think it's an intriguing project, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm focused on some of these right here. I, I love the bright moments concept, and I think that even there's some sneaky artists in here. Um, there are, and, and I'm so, I'm really looking forward to. So you know, for Collectors Corner, you and I have talked about this, but our audience doesn't know. I'm planning on attending this event, uh, probably not the whole week, but at least part of it. And I think that you know, I don't want to fight to get one of a hundred snow froze, which by the way, they're not even going to be a hundred for sale. Uh, maybe there'll be 10 for sale and uh, the artists each get one mint pass for all of the, their fellow artists. So there are quite a few that are accounted for in general that are not available. Um, 
I, I'm not sure about the Snowfur one because on the one hand, it's a bear market and those dynamics of people paying less than they think they will might still apply. On the other hand, it's Snowfur, right? It's the first thing he's done since Squiggles. And there are probably only really maybe five to 10 that are going to be on the market that are not already held. So I could see that one being expensive um, or, you know, maybe the first one goes for 15, but then the floor shoots up pretty fast. So we'll, we'll see on that one. And what about Mapan? Do you, what do you think that one goes for? Uh, dude, I'm making all these price predictions on the, on the fly. Uh, Mapan, I, I think is somewhere between 10 and 15. Got it. I think with AC4 right now, it's 6.6, 6.7. You know, feels like a, a double of that would be reasonable. Um, I think one of the things that I'm trying to look for is like historically, like I'll call it pre-reveal versus post-reveal of prices and, and versus people's. Um, I mean, I'm looking at Matt Delorier, right? Like his folio was selling for above meridians, I think like roughly 2x. And now it's down to roughly the floor of meridians and, and kind of similar for Emery's. Off script, so yeah. yeah, off script. So I think that's down around where it is. So I think that there's like a a retrace after the release and the reveal. Um, not that it's all about dollars and whatnot, but I think that there is a lot of anticipation and excitement pre-reveal, and, and you'll see stronger pricing in that moment. Yeah. But that being said, I think Mapon. I mean, I, and look, let's talk. You, you and I have both been talking about this. If there's been any level of uh, similarity to what he's been, you know, teasing on Twitter, um, it's just going to be crazy dope. I mean, the the pallets are amazing. Um, I the predict is amazing. It's it's stunning. I predict that I'm going to make bold prediction predictions in public, and hopefully not end up with too much egg on my face. I think the Mapon one will, in the long run, be the most valuable one of these. Or at the very least, Ooh. I think it'll be the best risk reward from a, an investment standpoint, because I think that this Snowfro one. Friday. What's that? So you're getting saucy for this Friday, man. You're kicking off the the first episode of the market update right with with just firing, man. I love it. Yeah, look, I, you know, I've we've privately talked about this, and the stuff that Mapan is putting out just looks amazing, and. It's not that I don't think that snow froze won't be amazing or couldn't, but well, first of all, I have to make a prediction. So if it was obvious, then nobody would care about my prediction. But in addition to that, I think that, you know, just the, the technique that Mapan has been putting out there and you're seeing the evolution, it's just very, for me, very special. And I know that Snowfro is one of the biggest names in generative art, especially on the NFT side. And his name carries a lot of gravitas. And I think regardless of what his art looks like, and I'm, which I'm sure will be great, uh, his name will carry a lot with it. But I do ultimately, I think there's a chance, I don't know, call it a hunch. I have no good reason to feel this way, but I think there's a chance that what Mopan puts out could be next level and uh, could be worth more just purely based on the art, even though he doesn't have the name that Snowfro does at this moment. Look, I, I think that the reality is, is you know, I, I'm going to take the opposite end of that spectrum. Like, I think, even though there's a lot of hype going in for Snowfro's second release, or first release since, really is that the first uh, or second release overall. Snowfro, Snowfro, man, like the dude's 
so instrumental. He's like the grandfather, if you want to call it that, of generative art on the blockchain. I mean, the dude is so um, prolific and he's not necessarily releasing a ton of art. I think that's with, for good reason, you know, to to really hone in his skill, not to, to discredit anybody who does it. I think that this, I think you could easily see over time, the price action similar to, to Hobbs where, you know, it stays stagnant for a long time and then just goes actually absolutely parabolic when fanboys like me are stacking pieces and, and diamond handing them. Now that being said, I know you're a Mapon fanboy and I respect it and I love him too. It's not meant disrespectfully. He's a master of palettes, right? I, I think the art may be perceived as better. I think you just can't, the, the, the allure of Snowfro would be something that like historically it'd be tough. It'd be a tough battle. We'll see though. I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's see where it goes. Um, I think, I think this is a broader discussion around how much of the value is due to the artist and their story and how much of the value is due to the art alone. Um, Knowing that both of them have excellent art and both of them are excellent, you know, artists in the way they interact with their communities and have great stories. So I don't think either of them, is uh slouching on either category uh but it's a you know perhaps we'll have a debate one day with some folks i think that could be interesting you know you and i I think you can't go wrong right you can't go wrong either way real quick before we hop into our next story uh if you could pick one artist as the unsung hero on the list who would you pick The, the, the the trojan horse so to speak it's probably oh i don't know i think for me I don't know Monica Rizzoli as well. I need to go and look at their work. And I don't know Pixel Fool's work as much. Um, I'm thinking it could be Iskra or Zach or Stefano. I, I don't really know in terms of an unsung hero. I It's hard for me to say, but all of them have excellent work. I know, I'm, I'm weaseling out of it. If you want me to pick, I'm going to pick Iskra. Uh, I'll pick Iskra if you... you I'm going to say Marcelo. I think okay. Marcelo will come up with something pretty dope. Now, that being said, I have followed on Twitter Juan Rodriguez Garcia, and I think the work his work is dope. I think that you know everybody gets one. I think it could be a, a really good opportunity to to shine here. So, uh, I think Marcelo is the my Trojan horse with uh, Juan as a as a really cool potential curveball for most. Right, but but everybody gets Juan. That's one. Well, exactly, and I think that that exposure will be good for him over the long term yeah yeah fair enough so well you know excited to see how that one rolls out and uh what should we jump to next should we talk qql should we talk uh tectonics i can't wait qql all right let's do uh so on the screen uh, i know we're not showing this but we have a tweet from dandelion who is the artist that collaborated with tyler hobbs on a new project called qql and uh, it is there to raise money for archipelago.art, which is like, think of as an open seat competitor, secondary sales for art. And uh, this is is their fundraiser. So it should be pretty interesting in general. But um, before, yeah, do you you wanna tell us, tell everybody a little bit more about it, Jared, about how this, why this is different and why it's an interesting uh, experiment in the generative art world? You have a tendency to be way more descriptive than I do. I will I will fine tune that to say the thing that is most captivating to me is that this is a a, a non blind mint, meaning you get to pick your actual mint. I think that that's an 
incredible dynamic. That's factor one. And then factor two is it's an, I'll call it endlessly open mint, which is going to play into, you know, this, this game theory of do you mint and or be a, an early adopter and showcase a style and let that, that become prevalent amongst the mint or do you hold on to the mint pass since it is open indefinitely and, um, you know, hope that the, the, um, the, the idea of an unknown carries a premium relative to, to the floor, so to speak, almost like a, a Colnex mint bio. You get these mint passes and you get to keep running it through the generator until you decide, hey, I want to lock in this output. And this brings up a lot of game theory, right? Because what kind of an output would be the most valuable? Well, it's going to be impossible to say at first because maybe you find something really cool like a crazy spiral or something. But then a year later, a bunch of people still haven't minted and they start getting a bunch of spirals. So even though that spiral is really cool, it's not rare anymore. So how much does that impact both the value and the collectability? Yeah, so super interesting. This, uh, a bit of a timeline, which will be on the Twitter thread that we'll put in our show notes. The site launches on the 19th of September, so in three days, and you can play around with it and see what the outputs are and just essentially as if you have the mint pass, but you won't get the actual NFT. And then they have a Dutch auction that begins. And to be clear, that's, yeah. that's open to everybody, right? Like that, that site launch is open to everybody. So, you know, you can, whether you have a mint pass or not, like that's another thing I think is really, really cool and dynamic is, is there's zero entry or barrier to entry. Any, anybody can go in. Now you can't mint per se, but you can play around with the algorithm, which I think is incredible that they're they're allowing for that level of access. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's super cool how they're doing this, getting everybody engaged. And then on the 28th, the mint pass auction actually begins. And then two days later, the minting begins. And the way the auction is going to work is it's going to start at a uh, just a, a little 50 Ether starting price with a Dutch auction. And then it's going to drop two Ether a minute until it gets to 30 and then drop one Ether a minute until it gets to 15, et cetera. Um, and then there's a, a resting price at two Ether. But this is a Dutch auction with a rebate. That means if you buy it at 50 Ether and the resting price ends up being 10, you will be reimbursed that 40 Ether difference, which is... Sounds like actually initially a good thing, um, and it is in the sense that it's good for fundraising, but what it really does is it incentivizes people to start FOMOing early, in earlier. And they also mentioned something about something special coming to people who have early IDs. So I think that we'll see probably a few jump the gun right at 50 to get some of those low ID numbers since they'd hinted towards something special for that. No idea what that is. And then and then we'll kind of see. and. Similar to the bright moments thing, it's a question of, well, how much are these really going to go for? Because how much liquidity is there in the system? And uh, did, I won't, I won't uh, pin you on this one, Jared. If you have any st- strong thoughts on where the price might end up, Jesus. I think I would love to hear. I'll, you I'll can price predictions today. I didn't, I didn't come prepared. Um, the, the, so where's the bright moments? The the long form you reference is a hundred minutes of each artist. This one is 999 with 99 of them being held back for various purposes. Uh, you know, community giveaways, raffles. Yeah. Community raffles, charity artists. Um, 
So realistically, there's 900 available. I think that it, it goes lower than most people think, but still higher than most people can afford. So I'm going to say the resting price sits somewhere between 10 and 15. Oh, I hope less, but 10 and 15 is my prediction. Yeah, I actually think this will go below 10. I think it'll be somewhere below five, sorry, between five and 10. I don't have a lot to back that up. It's just sort of what I've been hearing. And I think just giving the timing and what's happening right now with the uh, Ethereum US dollar market, I think there could be some fear. Maybe people are hoping up to pick up really cheap Ether and holding, holding back uh, for those who are thinking in US dollars. Not really sure. But what's really cool about this is a lot of people have been given early access to this algorithm and are playing around with outputs. Unfortunately, Collector's Corner didn't make that list. We're we're not a big enough player yet, Jared, but we'll get there. Um, but... Well, hey, 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 we didn't <laughs> ask. So let, let's, let's be clear. That's we true. didn't ask. So, you know, obviously we didn't get the opportunity. Next time we'll be a little bit more brazen to, to, to wedge ourselves into the mix. That's true. That's true. Fair you enough. Know, what? While I have the while I have the platform, the one thing that you know a fellow fund manager, Andrew with curated, who I respect tremendously, had a really interesting tweet today. And I'll paraphrase it, but it basically said he believes time will honor the the holder of a mid pass. And I have a tendency to agree with that. Meaning I believe um, as people dig into the algorithm and they find these nuanced corners that are undiscovered uh, i think that those outputs are going to be you know the ones that that are that are cherished and, and i think that there's a serious play here for for somebody if we you know my play ideally if it gets below 10 i'd be stoked i'm gonna try to get two passes mint one hold one but i think there's a really interesting play if you if you hold one pass to be able to to really dig into that algorithm and not fomo into something you're seeing but really find um, that and, and you know when we were listening to to Tyler and Dandelion talk, he, the, the one of the things I loved about this is that the algorithms is so expansive. They mm -hmm. they they wanted to to really invigorate and, and incentivize those um, those outputs that are um, non typical. And, and I, I really you know after listening to him talk, I really really started to dig into this because. It is just so incredible that they basically took off all the parameters that may have been limiting when you have to do like a randomized mint. And they're allowing for this algorithm to have a lot of dynamics even to this point that they maybe haven't even discovered. And it rewards the individual who has the due diligence, the drive, and the determination to find that output and, and really create this piece that is next level. I mean, they even said they, they look at they look at this project as having three artists, Dandelion, Tyler Hobbs, and the Minter. And I thought that that was a really dynamic piece, and it's something that had such a deep resonance with me. It made me not 180, but like really, really reconsider uh, looking at this project. I, I seriously hope it gets to 5 ETH. I would be elated. I seriously hope that I win one of those 99 in whatever way they give it away because as you know i am saving my ETH for mapan in mexico city and uh, sadly the liquidity needs are such that i do not think i can go for both but i think you're right i think it's going to be a really interesting social experiment as well as fabulous art i 
want to kind of reiterate one of the points you made there that they tweak their algorithm specific for this purpose. It's actually quite a broad algorithm. It's as far as generative art goes and, and long form generative art, it's one of those where it's not always entirely clear that two pieces are from the same collection based on the range of outputs you see here. But one thing that is in common is this, uh, you know, every single shape is made up of uh, sometimes a few, sometimes many little, little circles that often have bullseye concentric circle, circular patterns. And so that seems to be sort of the signature of the collection that ties it all together. But beyond that, there's a, a crazy range between colors and shapes and flow fields and straight lines and everything else in between that is uh, really cool to see because we don't normally see that, right? We don't normally see things released with this broad of a range because that's not typically how long form gen art is done. Yeah, I just found it particularly interesting how they said they they deliberately took off some of the uh, the potential parameters to to allow for those those moments and, and you know they may even made reference to you know the goose ringer and the, I'll call it the starry night um, of the the meridians it gets or the nightfall whatever they call it so it's you know they they really were deliberate with this to allow the individual to explore the, the depths of the algorithm and, and find that themselves. I just think that that's absolutely brilliant. It's, it's exciting. I can't wait to see what comes out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we got time for one more, Jared. I, we, we may need to set these aside for an hour because it's just flying by. How about we dive real quick into tectonics and I can set the stage. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Tectonics is a hundred piece long-form generative art collection that was released by Michael Kozlowski, who goes by, oh, what is, how does he go by on OpenSea? It's some combination of letters from his first and his last name. Uh, oh, MP Koz. Uh, and I, you know, I know he's a great artist. I don't remember off the top of my head uh, some of his other works, but, or sorry, some of their other works, I should say. But what was interesting to me about Tectonics is it was released on their own website, tectonics.app. We'll link that in the show notes. And rather than you minting a specific NFT, all hundred of the outputs were already laid out and minted and you individually bid on each one of them. So rather than saying, okay, it's one ether and you know the randomization spits out whatever you get, Everything was already out there and each of those, oh, I'm sorry, there are only 90 of them. Each of them were minted for a different price. Curious to hear your thoughts on this format. And I believe they created their own website and you know, sort of launch site because they probably had to since this doesn't really fit into the Artblocks model and some of these other launching platforms. So I looked it up real quick. It was a Artblocks Series 6 that, uh, MK, that they released, uh, I think it's I mispronounce it because I haven't collected this one, but like Chimera, C H I M E R A. Oh, Chimera. I, I think that from yeah. So from a from a general sentiment, I think it's uh, I think you'll see start seeing more of this. Um, I think that as, as artists get some notoriety and some followings, like I think the question becomes, and especially when something's a little bit more gated, like an art blocks. No disrespect to them, that you know that they you know they they start to create an environment where they can release their own product and really benefit not only from the the residual on the back end but the initial sales and not split that with anybody i think that 
I think it's it's brazen, and I think it's also aligned with the the spirit of Web three and blockchain. Uh, I applaud them for doing it. I I can't see them ticking anybody off in the process. I really do think it's a um, uh, you know it's pioneering a path forward that will be largely embraced by um, you know artists in the future. Yeah, they did the hard work to get the reputation, so might as well leverage it. Absolutely, and I I think it's interesting. I think echoing some of your sentiment, I applaud them trying something different, trying something out new. I'm not an artist. I've not launched a collection, so I don't know all the nuances of what goes into working with, say, Artblocks or GM Studio or another platform versus going in and building something out yourself the way they did. The one thing that I will say is it's it's a different experience than going and minting in one of those situations because you you're not really getting something random. You're bidding on something specific. It's it's just a little bit different. And I think there are pros and cons to both and different collectors will probably like different options. I certainly do think this way allowed them more likely to raise more money in the primary sale than they would, but probably lower secondary sales because people are already bidding up and buying the outputs that are likely more popular ahead of time. I mean, there's a huge range here. You, you see some of these sold for 1.25 ETH. Some of them sold for over eight. I saw, and I don't know what the high is, but you can imagine if somebody bought this at the primary, this being the primary at nine ETH, they're not going to let it go for much lower than that, uh, depending on how market conditions go, of course, but relative to somebody who bought it for 1.5 ETH, for example. So I think it's a different dynamic. I, I like the experimentation. I think this is a new world and we're going to see what ends up working best and what doesn't. So I really applaud trying something new and hopefully they were happy with the results and with taking this path. Love to hear from them sometime. Maybe we'll DM them and, and find out, but I think it was cool and something worth noting. Yeah, I think it's, it's um I think it's 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 an experiment just like everything else in in this space right now it's so early on I mean you and I talk about this we have to continue to remind ourselves that we're still early. Wait, what Even happened here? Late, so look at this, Jared. Number seventy nine sold for point zero 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 six nine ETH. Uh, maybe it was a mistake. I don't know. Sorry to interrupt you, but I just saw that. I was like, wow. Uh, I would say that's a a, a tremendous win. <laughs> yeah, it's that's like less than gas. I, I wonder if it was reserved for the artists themselves and they, they did something so they could just that's get that effectively nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. The person with the 6-9 meme, they won. But I, I think that um, look, regardless of your perspective of the art, I think it is beautiful in its own right. And I think that uh, you know pioneering that path forward, especially uh, opening up the door for all direct sales going to yourself, it, it's a... Uh, Really intriguing, and and I look forward to seeing if such when others follow suit. Yeah, and you wonder if there'll be a decentralized platform that allows for that. So, you know, something that is just infrastructure, say, similar to Artblocks, that doesn't take uh, the the fee that Artblocks takes, which I can't remember what it is, but I think it's something like five percent, or maybe seven and a half percent, something along those lines. Great. Well, that's I think that's a wrap for today. Uh, where can people find you, Jared? You can find me on Twitter at Jared, J-A-R-E-D underscore P-O-Z, pause. And then Discord is J underscore pause. And um, yeah, oh, and obviously, uh, 8NEP, the, the digital asset fund that I've launched. Uh, 
So if anybody interested in getting exposure and liking what you hear here from an analytical perspective, we're still taking on investors. Yep. Eight, so feel eight, free to DM me in any of those spaces. Eight, eight nap fund is, is continuing to, to go. And I am at Aston cloud on Twitter. I go by P I'm also at Aston cloud on discord. We are at collectors underscore X, Y, Z on Twitter, www.collectorscorner.xyz. We really appreciate you tuning in. And like we said at the beginning, would really, you know, if you like this, please like, comment, follow us, subscribe on YouTube, uh, Twitter, your favorite podcasting applications. And please let us know what you thought about this format. Um, we hope it was interesting to you. And so we want to keep providing interesting and useful content to you wherever we can. And with that, we will call it. And uh, we will see you next week. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We hope you enjoyed this episode and you found it useful in your collecting journey. Please check out our website, www.collectorscorner.xyz, for show notes and digital art galleries related to this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter, at collectors underscore XYZ. If you'd like to help us out, please leave us a five-star review on our website or your favorite podcasting platform and or leave some feedback on how we can do better. The Collector's Corner team and guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.